Hey, howdy. You ready for a road trip? We're heading to the hills today on the 30th ever Radio Review to meet a man who moved to Moab, Utah in large part because of the existence of KZMU Community Radio. We'll take the station wagon up to visit, specifically the Studebaker Conestoga, and banjo our way through the boonies and over the old Amarillo Highway to have an afternoon tea with Professor Purple, also known as Richard, the mastermind behind a show that can only be described as neo-insurgent, left-wing, alternate-wing, multi-ethnic, North American, hillbilly, honky-tonkin' music. There are record collectors, and there are scholars, and there are a select few who are both. There are very few who dedicate their time to what amounts to a free weekly masterclass in their specialty. And there is only one who wears handmade purple knee-length boots and lives in a cabin in the woods. In this special episode, we'll get to know the professor himself, kindly letting us examine his impressive, impeccably curated record collection and what goes into his three-hour weekly show, The Amarillo Highway. We'll get to the roots and evolving branches of American musics, of community radio, and the heart of their connective, illuminating power. There will be yodeling involved and purple. I'm Christy Williams-Thunton for KZMU, and this is the 30th Ever Radio Review. Oh, this is a great chair. That's my chair where I sit and listen to mu CDs and put the show together, mostly. How do you identify yourself? Richard, Professor Purple, hermit, hillbilly, old-timer well before my time, lover of community radio, reader, and retired and glad of it. My first love, I guess, was listening in the 50s in Texas and Oklahoma to what you heard on AM radio, which was a wild mix. It could be country, R&B, blues, um, but I really gravitated to classic hillbilly music in parallel with classical music. Your love of community radio was a key factor in you even moving here. It was a requirement when I was looking for a place to move after, as I was leaving California. It, I wanted the Four Corners area. Ed Abbey was a tremendous influence. Uh, I needed a telephone line, an airport not too far away, and a community radio station where I might be able to get a slot. And uh, Moab pretty much satisfied, ticked all the boxes. How lucky could we be? KZMU's been on the air for 30 years now, and you came along when it was still kind of a rambunctious uh, elementary school kid, kind of. Yeah, and I uh, got to do a few shows from the trailer. I started in 1998 and in September, so coming up on 24 years in a few months. And your experience doing community radio or non-commercial radio... Um, 
goes back in California to an era that I don't know if a lot of people know about, but there was this whole era of uh, funny call names like uh, K-Boo, K-Pig, K... K-Dow, K-San, K-Fat. I started as a listener and was in a wonderful place in 1968, 69, where I would get FM from the whole Bay Area including KPFA, which is not quite the first, but one of the great grandfathers of community radio, Uh, several other non-commercial stations, and the very beginnings of the FM underground rock. Uh, KSAN was paradigmatic. It uh, played all kinds of underground rock music, At that time, stations had to have religious programming per the FCC, and for their religious slot, they put in Alan Watts, who separately I discovered by reading, and it was just a magic time. Music, uh, political points of view, uh, just wonderful. And so it really affected not just your taste, but... With KZMU, did you see what it could come into, what it could become? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was the best of all possible worlds. It was rough around the edges in terms of facilities and financing and all of that, but also loved by the community and gave me a chance to just stretch out and do what I had wanted to do for a long time. It's part of that same community radio uh, aura of uh, friends and neighbors playing music for friends and neighbors. And the music includes bird calls and the occasional soup stir or dog bark. And one of the things that expanded my horizons enormously was a station like KPFA. Didn't care for what they were playing now. You could come back in a few hours. But if you stuck with listening to what they were playing, it was good music, no matter what the genre was. And a big part of that was because the DJs playing it had an in-depth knowledge of it. Chris Strockwitz, who does our Hooli records. He had a show every other Sunday that explored the American roots music that he fell in love with when he came over from Czechoslovakia at the end of the Second World War. He alternated with Phil Elwood, who was a jazz scholar as deep as Chris Strockwitz was a roots scholar. They were uh, A lot of the jazz that I have in there is traceable to stuff I heard on Phil Elwood's show, and great stuff. Well, walk me into this um, room and into it. It was, I believe, built as a Mormon pantry for keeping a large stock of food, and it became my music pantry. And it just sort of grew. To me, it looks about the size of uh, a bread truck uh yeah yeah doesn't have wheels but 
No, but it's got uh, whew, musical wheels. Um, it's impeccably organized, and you can hear the quality of the sound in here. It's cool. And I'm going to say there's probably, oh, there's got to be 10,000 pieces of uh, music in here, whether it's a CD or a vinyl or a cassette and or DVDs, a few books. Reel-to-reels, which I can still play. I don't have many 78s, and I don't have Spotify or or digital streaming. I like physical media that I own, and the licensee can't yank it back and brick it if they get annoyed. Kind of four or five major genre blocks. I've got kind of electric hillbilly, acoustic folk, bluegrass, um, jazz, blues, and big band music. Um, Cajun music gets its own section off to itself, and then world music uh, from, don't have much African or Asian music, but a lot of Latin American, European, um, Eastern European. Mm. Even a little klezmer, maybe? Some klezmer, Mm mm-hmm. It is uh, a remarkable thing. I mean, I have... My hand's just going over, gosh, an Arhuli Records 40th Anniversary Collection, jazz classics, Smithsonian classics, Looney Tunes. And I love looking through a person's collection because it does reveal so much. It's such a pleasure. I do too. Oh my gosh. Through it, you can see a person that has been moved by our history and the way we tell our story. Mm Mm-hmm. It also told the story of our nation's history. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And I don't consciously do this, but just in the way that each show evolves, it almost always has music from the 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up to contemporary. It, you understand better and appreciate more today's music if you've got some perspective on where it came from and who was influenced, how did the instruments develop, how did out-of-the-way music like Hawaiian music come into a larger body of Americana music and have huge influences on it. And it's not just Hawaiian music, it's Cajun music, it's uh, Central European polka music in Texas that Bob Wills listened to, and that was one of the roots of Western swing. Where would you put the beginning of swing? <sighs> and riff for a minute on the uh, on what you think it means. A combination of improvisation, a fierce dialogue between the instruments that are playing. Um, an awareness that the this is dance hall music. It's it shows up on records, and fortunately we have those now. But Bob Wills and the jazz musicians and 
uh, in New Orleans in the teens and 20s were dance hall music, and they needed to get the customers up and dancing. The swing of you know the physical partners dancing was driven by and would push the artists in turn to swing. And swing hard. Hard, hard. Jazz stayed pretty acoustic through the 30s. There's, there's some, you know, early electric guitars and things, but jazz, I think, because of their instrumentation, could swing on recordings sooner than hillbillies could because uh, the instruments required amplification both to be heard in the dance hall but also to, to be recorded the way that Bob Wills wanted it to sound on records. And it's my contention that Western Swing as it developed in Texas, Oklahoma, and parts of New Mexico was what jazz was when it went to the southwest from New Orleans. It had a different form in Kansas City or Chicago mm -hmm. or New York, but Bob Wills is as uh, yeah as much jazz as anything else. Do you want to hear the Livery Stable? Blues yeah, from 1917. You know I, mean. I would listen to anything you decided was worth um, it. They swung. Stable Blues, the original Dixieland jazz band. I'm so grateful for recorded music and that I was born at a time when we figured out how to change invisible rays of light into something yeah. like this. And 
It's only been in the last, at most, 150 years, but really closer to 100 years, that sound has been capturable. You could you could write down a musical score and use that to, as a tool Template. for doing it. You could have piano player roles that could reproduce it, which was really the first big new technology copyright fight was the sheet music people were very concerned that you buy a piano roll, you're not going to want to buy sheet music. And if you're doing on the piano what we have on our sheet music, you got to pay us royalties. Uh -huh. Boy, that's such an American tune. <laughs> a lot of times people, when I say I'm a volunteer DJ at a community station, they think uh, NPR type station or a college station. And both of them have their place and do good things. But KZMU is neither. We're community. We're the Moab. Certainly when it started, it was the Moab radio station. And um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of reason to be proud of it. You know, there's this time that we're in that is so frightening. Um, and people all over the world that are having to summon courage uh, in a time of climate instability, political instability. But it's the climate one that is so... <clears throat> such a big grief to sit with. Mm -hmm. And the politics around how we are not facing it or facing it, you know? Yeah. I think we're in the years when, if we make it 30 years down the road, this is when that look back and say it was undeniable and we waited way too long to try to deal with it. And we knew that's, if this keeps on, we're doing an experiment on the only atmosphere we have. And it's because of this that I lean on historical examples of courage in times of great fear and unrest or oppression. And we have a rich tradition of um, folk musicians like Woody, people that, you mm -hmm. know, this guitar kills fascists that rage against this um, yeah. kind of machine. What are you seeing? What are you seeing in the musics you're listening to? Is anybody uh, wrapping their music around this? Yes. A lot of folk artists are trying to raise awareness about climate change, authoritarianism, all of the ills that pervade society, they are, I would say, a countercurrent to the mainstream. They're not a majority, but their voices are, I think, inordinately powerful. Woody Guthrie is a good example. He, uh, he died, I think, in the late 30s, so 80 years ago, and his songs are still oh. anthems. Uh, just this Tuesday, I played a song by a guy named Goble Reeves, who, was, uh, uh, who sang a song about a hobo and his relationship with the police, that 
is, uh, you know, take that song, move it ahead 80 years, and it's still going on. And he's not a particularly well-known figure. Good songs, damn fine yodeler. You as a DJ have, well, you're like a method man. You got a method. I do. It's a three-hour show. That's a big deal. Or are you still three? Three. See, that's big. That's big, America, because you have... And they're little songs. They're like two minutes long. You hit the 40s and 50s hillbilly music, they're two, two and a half minutes. Uh, I always try to take in a little bit more than I know I can play because I've been caught a couple of times short and scramble. Oh, that's a wild ride, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You were a math professor. Taught math and science in high school for a while, yeah. And do you think that your brain, your aptitude, does this show up in the way that you prepare for a <laughs> show? Um, Let's have you... Actually, <laughs> I am more methodical about doing my show than my math preparation. I'm more methodical about doing the show, and it's not a methodical that is onerous. It's, uh, it's fun. and I'll use MP3s. I get a lot of digital files sent from labels, artists, and artist managers. First thing I do for any digital file is listen to it, and if it seems like it's got some good stuff on it. I'll burn it to a physical CD. And then that's what I use when I'm putting the show together is my the physical CDs laid out on the floor. Spatial data management is what I call it. And yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Tomorrow I'll listen to CDs that are in the audition stack. Friday, I'll gather together what I want to play, look at who's had birthdays, if anybody's died and needs to be recognized, organizing it so that newer stuff tends to be in the first hour, and then go from there. Type up a playlist and go to town on Tuesday to do it. <laughs> it's really the one structure that I have in my life. Uh, the rest of the time I'm kind of freewheeling. There's always the show that I want to spend time doing. And it doesn't take all day every day, but it's something two or three hours a day for four or five days a week gets it done. It's remarkable. We here in the region Thank you so much. And you're followed throughout the country. There are people that listen. You have a crowd of followers on a, a twang DJ Yahoo group. You've got big old marks of, you know, praise on no depression. So we're lucky to have you, Richard. Well, it goes both ways. Uh, KZMU was a requirement. And not just... Uh, lucky for me, but I think lucky for the community, which when it started was limited to how far the radio signal would get. And now it's it's global. And it's nice, it's lucky for that larger community to have 
not just KZMU, but all of the uh, free-form, non-commercial community stations. A good thing. Why is that important to you, that non-commerciality and um, creative latitude? Uh, it is in the sense that I've never, and this goes back to places before I did shows at, at KZMU, never had anybody say, you got to play stuff from this list, you can't play this, uh, you can't play anybody that's over 40, which some country stations do. Um, it's whatever limited good taste I have is what drives what shows up on the on Amarillo Highway. And that's a, a wonderful freedom. The pioneers, the, the people that starting before a signal went out over the air and had the vision and carried it out, what a... What a wonderful thing. If anybody's listening 30 years from now, Congratulations on having made it, and I hope that sources like KZMU are still there and that people's education, information, and music come from humans and not from algorithms. Um, and I hope there's there are criteria that can be used to distinguish reliably truth from falsity and uh, truth from deep fakes of different kinds, maybe we'll muddle through. It's much to be hoped. Uh, when I'm up here, well, in fact, when I'm anywhere, um, it seems like the place where I get my repose is always the natural world. It's always a humble berry on a mm -hmm. roadside bush. It's um, the waving of your trees outside right now. I feel so lucky to be here with you today, Richard. Thank you. And I think this special place attracts special people. And I'm hoping Moab particularly can retain some of that specialness. It's... it's I like the grit and weirdness of Moab. And I hope that, I guess, is the one thing I hope people 30 years from now can still uh, not just read about, but participate in. Make it, make it weird, keep it weird. I would say, I'm a little, 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 little,
Richard, Professor Purple of the Amarillo Highway, for this episode of the 30th ever Radio Review. Intro music was Twang, performed by Tone Ranger, courtesy of the Free Music Archives in the Creative Commons. The historic 1917 recording of the Livery Stable Blues was from the original Dixieland Jazz Band, and the yodeling duet to take us out was from the Library of Congress, originally recorded by RCA Victor in 1916, accessed through the National Jukebox at the Recorded Sound Research Center, featuring Barton Ward and Carol Frank. Theme music for this show provided by Noise Cake with I Love It. Archives of this show can be found at kzmu.org, and if you have a Moab Community Radio memory to share, love to hear from you, reach out to me, Christy Williams-Dunton, the producer, editor, and host of this show. That's Christy at kzmu.org. Back to the-